Baloo, you have just finished detailing all this information about what happened to Rust, uh, filling in your parents on what has happened. And they seem very apologetic, very sorry. Um, and I think it, Foam even sends a feeling of like regret for letting you go to this school. Yeah, Blue shrugs and kind of tries to make light of it a little bit just because, oh, you know, guess they've had two shit school school experiences you know yeah um but they're still visibly upset surreptitiously wiping away tears sail kind of sends this message to you of your friends no yeah they nod and um send images of the the sessions that they've had with Anna where she contacts Anubis where, you know, in blues, you know, in the images, it's just Anna kind of zones out and comes back with the information, but, you know, making it clear that, you know, the friends have kind of been there every step of the way. Um, as soon as you send that image of Anna kind of zoning out and then coming back with information, uh, Bright actually leaves you and the other two parents and approaches you, Anna. Uh, you are still by that bay window as this, uh, as Bright approaches you, who uh, is the one that looks most similar to Blue, except has these like bioluminescent spots on them. Oh, hey, Blue. Oh, wait, you're not Blue. Um, you see, they pause and then think a second, and then um, very slowly just. You. Can can you understand me? Yeah, I can understand you. Good. Speaking is new. I don't. Take your time. It's a new thing. Do you know what happened to Rust? Anna pauses for a sec. Her head sort of droops. And she looks back up at them. Yeah, I know. I can confirm it anyways. You can speak with a god. Yes. Yes, I can. I uh, commune with the god Anubis. Sort of ruler of the underworld of sorts. Well, the afterlife. It, they they nod and then say, how do you speak to a god? I, that's a good question, isn't it? I don't exactly know. Like, I sort of go into a meditative trance when that happens. And so, I, I mean, my ability to do so comes from Anubis because he sort of, reached out to me, and yeah, when I do that, I I sort of, I meditate, I focus, and then I sort of enter a between space where I can talk to him, is uh, really what happens. A between space? Yeah, like maybe a limbo, maybe it's more like a, a waiting room or something, I, I don't really know how to describe it. 
Interesting. I would like to know more about that when you have... when you are ready to talk about it. Oh, I can talk about that whenever. I am 100% free. We're sort of uh, free-floating for a bit here, so if you want to get uh-huh. together i see that i see that you have made a pun on floating i i enjoy this joke oh well uh thank you anna smiles anna pulls out her extreme teen bible and is ready to <laughs> tell bright all about anubis i i pull out my egypt <laughs> i pull out my egyptology book and i flip to the anubis section <laughs> extreme egypt bible mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, we extreme teen book of the dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we cut back um to back to uh blue with sail and foam still sitting there, and um sail um kind of looks at you curiously blue, and says uh, it says uh transmits this feeling of like. They're 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 apologetic, but that that they're changing the subject. But you've just made them think of something. Um, yeah, blue nods for them to go on. They ask, in your time at Paradigm or at Star, how exactly has magic been? Because like you infuse things with magic, and I think that's something none of like none of your parents quite got the hang of. Is like the infusion, and they're curious, and they're asking you like, how does that work? Blue doesn't really like to think of what they can do as magic, um, since it all kind of just naturally makes sense to them in their head, and they don't like to feel like it was cheating in some way or like not their own like natural abilities so they never really questioned what magic is or where it comes from um but i guess because i don't know i never really thought about this question i guess i could just roll like history or something just to see how magic has been presented to them like philosophically i guess yeah yeah i i dig that go ahead and make that check for me well brother that's an 11 (laughs) um i think you kind of like fumble your way through it and like in your brain as you remember you're like well it's been presented a number of ways um and it takes you a little bit before you realize there is like a connecting point between all the ways and it's basically just magic is something that science does not have an answer for yet is basically how magic has been explained like they know it works and they know generally what it would go with but they don't know exactly how it works yet nice they they present that information as it's been as it's been kind of taught to them we cut from that scene of Blue kind of explaining, and um, at this point, I, I think the discussion between Wright and Anna uh, has kind of possibly kind of 
woken Rose up a little bit. Mm, yeah, well. Oh, I'm a, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm so, awake. yes, um, you get your magic from the god, correct? No. Are you talking to? She, are you talking like she, she? Like wait, in this instance, uh, they're this... they're talking to Anna right yeah, now. So, kind of like confused. Rose starts listening. Yeah, I I get my magic of sorts from my god. Yes. And so I guess I'm confused. We are working on something to do with magic, but. I just don't quite get it. Like how it's scientifically possible? No, I understand how it's scientifically possible. It, 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 sign, uh, things that are not possible happen every day, but if your magic comes from a connection to a god, don't you have to do something in return? Is there not like an exchange? Oh, no, yeah, there's an exchange. I mean, I, I visit him every once in a while. I guess that's me communing. Um, I, I bring him fruit gummies and snacks and sorts. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, um, I have, here, I, I have some in my waterproof bag. And <laughs> Anna reaches back and pulls out a bag of Scooby-Doo fruit gummies and says, I just sort of bring him these every once in a while, and he's pretty good. She, uh, Bright, takes it and kind of like studies it and then hands it back to you and says, Interesting. Yeah, it's not really the gummy that matters, it's the thought that counts. I guess it's the fact that I'm bringing something. So there is there is some law of equivalent exchange going on here, but uh, that's, I guess, what's that's my offering, or that's, that's my what I'm bringing to the table. Bright then turns to Rose as she's kind of woken up and says, do you do magic? Uh, kind, kind of. And she just summons a little flame in her hand and like lets it linger there for a moment while she talks, like then dismisses it and just says, mostly natural things. And she shifts again into the usual cat form that she shifts into. The, the breather just like is affixed to the face and so it just somehow magically stays on. MST3K rules, we're not questioning it. Um, <laughs> is this cat just in hell though, being submerged in water? <laughs> she sort of looks uncomfortable but somehow okay. Right. So we have a person that can turn into animals and summon fire. A person that can talk to a god. Is there anything else? Um, well, Rose says, I, I guess that's all from me, telepathically, to them. Right, and you can speak with the <laughs> Norrins via telepathy. Wonderful. <laughs> Molly points at them and says, Oh, I can do that too. Oh, <laughs> the message. <laughs> this is great. So magic is just everywhere. And you, uh, Mr. Bird? 
Hey, I can uh, punch people. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we all have our strong suits. I can't. And I'm really flexible. I can't say that that's true for me of either of those things. Cat Rose swims up against their leg. They're being Blue's parent that's addressing them. Ah, you've, uh, oh, that feels very strange. Wet fur against, oh, not sure how to feel about that. Okay, well, this answers some of my questions. Um, and then she walks back over, she walks over to the table where Sale was sitting earlier and starts looking over, uh, the work that's there and is, like, making minor notes and edits on it. And Rose sort of swims over as quick, like it's sort of a swim leap over to Kestro and just holds onto them because swimming as a cat is hard. Um, oh, poor kitty. Sail, um, uh, kind of like talking to, uh, talking out loud, but to Blue. But is speaking out loud so anyone that is, you know, in the vicinity <laughs> can hear and says, So the, you are going to the museum, correct? Blue nods. Well, I would probably think that you would want to get going to get there before it closes. Unless you intend on going tomorrow. Um, they look back at the rest of their group and kind of stand there inquiringly. We can go now. Yeah, that sounds like fun. How much time do we have? If you go there now, you'll have enough time to at least see most of the exhibits. And If you want to stay closer to the museum, I completely understand. You can tell your other friend where to meet you, but this will give you at least a cursory glance. We can help you stay at a at a, a hotel or something closer to the museum, though, if you wish. Aww. Yeah, I'd prefer to not sleep in the underwater. All I was going to say, I feel... Oh. I feel like Blue would rather <laughs> everyone stay with their parents. Um, I guess they look at their parents and... Show them an image of the, the the dry chamber in their old house where they stored, um, like off planet foods and things that can't get wet. You want them to stay in the dry? Wouldn't that be bad for their skin? I mean, staying in the dry. Now that you mention it, being unmoisturized does sound bad. Yeah, blue. Um. I kind of, I don't know, make it understood that their friends aren't usually dry most of the time. And <laughs> um, then they kind of send images to all of you of just kind of what a dry chamber is and, you know, yeah. that they could stay there if they wanted to. 
but yeah, they're, and like, they're leaving uh, it up to the rest of the group to decide it looks, that. It looks big enough that you guys could easily form a couple puddle inside of it, and it'd be okay. Like, it wouldn't be the most comfortable place, but it would be okay. Good thing I have a pocket memory foam mattress. Oh, yeah, I was... I feel like you know how, you know, earth houses, you know, we have, like, air mattress and stuff. I was thinking, like, it has, like, a blow-up waterbed that they could bring into the... <laughs> bring into the dry chamber and fill it up with, like, a water pump from... That just takes water from. I will. I will also. I will also point out there is a solution that I think would be easier for you guys. We could also just all stay topside, I guess. There is another solution. We go to the in-between space in which I commune with Anubis, and we hang out in a place that is neither wet nor dry as our sanity slowly slips from us. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I do have, like, two different things that can provide us with empty dimensions to stay in. Exactly. I was about to say, you have a pocket lab. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we could blow up the waterbed in the pocket lab. I, I forgot about that, yeah. By the way, Cat Rose is now curled up on Kestro's shoulder and is going to resume the nap. But we could do Pocket Lab anywhere, you know? We could hide in the Pocket Lab to stay in the museum after close if we wanted. And then sneak out and look at the stuff after it closes. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like... It'll be like that scene in Fantasy Home Alone 2 where the sticky (laughs) bandit snuck into the (gasps) toy store and um, waited till after, night at the museum. Waited till yeah, after hours. The the fantasy, um, or rather the the space, the space mixed up files of Mrs. Basilie Frankweiler, where the kids live in the museum for a week. Yeah, in the space museum, beloved children's book that I'm sure we've all read. That's my favorite book that I read as a child. Growing up, I and definitely know the Space reference. Teddy Roosevelt and Space Night at the Museum. <laughs> Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Love that Ben Stiller. Okay, we, we we better we better we better run in there before it closes. Bada bing, bada boom, you know. Yeah, Blue gives their parents each one last hug, and um. Yeah, I guess. Motions for the friends to follow. We can go to the museum. To the museum we go. This is How the long museum going song. Let's travel by map. How long does it take to get to the museum? It takes a while. It's about um because of how they've like improved transportation over the last a few years, like even since since Blue left Paradigm, they improved it to get back and forth. And in the last few weeks, it's um, you know m- more improvements have opened that were under construction. Um, but um, you see that it like there's like a shuttle map as you get back up to the surface and start to go more towards the land. Um, you see that there's a shuttle map that says that it'll take 
about 30 to 45 minutes from the coast to Paradigm. So about the time we get to Paradigm, Rose will like we'd hop off just before turning back into herself. And she'll hop off Kestro's shoulder. Because she's Dope. she's running the whole way around <laughs> the whole way there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you as as you guys ride there, there there's a few things you notice as you get closer to it, there's like an informational thing where it's like, oh the like brief information over paradigm and they're like Basically saying, like, this is a former school that was turned into a museum for the education of society on the wartime efforts and the improvements and quality of life since then. Um, and they uh, talk about how uh, Paradigm was a uh, groundbreaking institute that had so many things coming out of it. Um, and... Uh, as you go, you see that the land around you is this, like, marshy, swampy-type thing, like, right off the coast. And as you get closer, it becomes more, um, you see signs that's, like, paradigm this way, like, that kind of stuff, where it's more, like, you can tell that they have turned this into an attraction, almost. Um, similar to how, um... If you've ever been to Memphis, you see signs for Graceland all over the place. That's the vibe that you're getting. Um, okay, yeah. Wow. I mean, wow, they have a Graceland here, too? <laughs> yep, Space Elvis was from Anora. It's called, no, 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 it's called Spaceland. Space Elvis. Spaceland. I'm going Spaceland, Spaceland, Memphis, and Space... No, um... So are we actually trying to like sneak in and stay over over the night? I mean, I think we can go into the museum like normal first and then see if like we need more time before they close, you know, or need to investigate something that we can't with like museum employees around, you know? Yeah. I'm pretty sneak sneak master, as they say. I will say, and I tried to leave a pause for you, Sammy, uh, because I think we need to edit this out. If you're going to sneak in and stay overnight, I think one of you would need to message Jen to keep her updated on the plan. Yeah. So, just, I just wanted to state that. Hey, guys, I'm going to message Jen real quick. Anna pulls out her phone and then pulls up Jen and then texts, Hey, uh, we miss you. Hope you're having fun doing whatever it is you're doing. We're uh, going on a museum trip, so if you need us, come check us out there. All right. Later. TTYL. <laughs> Love you. Illy. <laughs> um... As you get close, you start to see Paradigm um, kind of like in the distance. And you, as you get closer, obviously it gets bigger. Um, it is this uh, pretty big school. Uh, it is uh, It has these wings that kind of go off in different directions with a central hub uh, in the middle. Um, and now, 
blue something you noticed that the rest of them wouldn't really have a reason to think that this was different there are signs on each of the wings um and there is an additional wing um that is like a kind of a temporary frame right now but um you know it it, it obviously implies that there's to be something more there soon um and each of the signs has a different thing on it explaining uh what is going to be in that wing um and uh i need uh what's everyone's passive perception mine's an 18 kestro's kestro's is 19 mine's 24 what the frick 16 why do I have 24 passive perception? Wait, honey, your passive perception is 9? I'm pretty sure. I mean, it says 9. My wisdom modifier is negative 1. Oh, uh -oh. I didn't realize. Yeah. Oh, that's that's cute. She's kind of stupid. <laughs> oh, Molly. Oh, Molly. <laughs> Her little brain. Um. <laughs> If your passive, if your she just isn't street smart. If your perception is passive, perception is fifteen or higher. This is what you can see. Okay, we'll, we'll just put it that way. Um, you see the signs and you can read them pretty easily. Um, the central one says planetarium, uh, and then each of the five wings. One of them says each of the following: the making of the bomb. The war and innovations. The role of paradigm in the war. How you can stay safe. And the galactic government post-war. Interesting. That is interesting. Anna goes uh, to read it again. Just to make sure. Yeah, because I do wonder, since paradigm was like a denizens affiliated thing, what kind of like revisionist stuff the galactic government might have done i don't know to like what exactly paradigm did you know so that might be interesting um yeah so uh as you yeah. guys get closer and closer you see that the sixth wing or the uh additional wing that kind of looks like a temporary thing uh has a small sign that's basically like a check-in area it's basically a place to get even though it is free you do have to have a pass and you do have to be able to, uh, you have to have your pass on you at all times, that kind of stuff, uh, to tour the facility. Okay. She's touring the facility to cut through red tape. Um. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah. I guess it makes sense once we check in to start with the making of the bomb, maybe. I think we just following you, Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Blue points toward the, the sign that says the making of the bomb and then points toward the check-in area and then heads over there. Blue wants us to make a bomb. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, the only way to stop a bomb is a bigger bomb. That's what I learned in Star <laughs> Academy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a bigger bomb. Rose very much just wants to go to the planetarium, but sees the making of the bomb and sort of looks a bit more somber and regrettably 
goes to get her passes rather than with the same enthusiasm she would have had if she just had noticed planetarium <laughs> you all uh you all you know think it looks fairly standard uh you know there's a check-in as each of you approaches they're giving you a badge blue i want you to make a history check history well that's another natty 20 whoa what this has never happened to me in the history of this D&D group. <laughs> Two in one session. As you look around, you see there are six people, kind of as people funnel in, there are six people handing out passes and checking people in. Of the six you recognize all, you see in front of you the former professors of paradigm. Oh boy. Blue doesn't know how to feel. They're just gonna approach like a normal museum patron, I guess. Um. Uh. So pick a number one through six. You can roll a d6 to determine it, or you can just pick one. It's up to you. Wee. One. Oh, man. Okay. As you approach, uh, you are funneled and uh, everyone is kind of separated out to get their passes uh, to make it faster. Um, as you approach the first table that is handing out passes, you recognize one of your professors. You recognize this as the professor that was in charge of your first year class over basic design and philosophy. Um, and they are kind of scanning and they look and uh, this happens to all of you, by the way, all of you, they say, uh, can we get your, uh, can we get an ID or something to check you in? You know, it's free if you're a member of the Galactic government you know if you're a mem if you are a citizen but you know, you know we have a few people from outside uh-oh identification please i was just gonna mm. say something funny so you go ahead sammy what like you don't need to see our identifi identification <laughs> no <laughs> identification identification you don't need to see our identification <laughs> Oh my God, Obi Wan Kentucky. <laughs> Obi Wan Kentucky. Hey, Here, I'm seriously. I'm. He, I'm he was from my hometown. <laughs> That's I'm what you're going. going. Wait, Molly, is that what you're going with? Just like you yes. don't need. Okay. That's so, persuasion. Uh, yeah, that's persuasion. Oh yeah. We're guessing. I was just. Yeah, I was just realizing that Kestro probably doesn't Bitch. have a. Oh, identification okay well that was almost a 20 but got a uh. 15 don't you have some kind of like class feature that does like diplomacy or or race racial feature scribe thing that like i mean my channel divinity will, oh never mind um... i thought you did something that gave you a bonus to perception but maybe not perception not perception um persuasion no that's my channel divinity if i have a as a bonus action i grant myself a plus five bonus oh. for the next 10 minutes mm. 
So yeah. I could always call uh, upon Shirley if we need help. Here. So here's what <laughs> I'll, I'll do. I, I will, I'm going to roll because persuasion versus... Um, Is it just straight wisdom? Yeah, I'm going to go with straight wisdom. I was trying to think of a relevant stat, but straight wisdom. I'm going to go with persuasion versus straight wisdom. If you want to use that plus five, you have to do it before I tell you if I succeed or fail. Fair? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Okay, I have rolled. Okay. Would you Um, like to use the plus five? No. I'm trying to just wait a second. As you look at your, uh, the person kind of giving you the pass, and you, you look at them and say that you don't need the identification, they look at you, and then they kind of look closer, and look you up and down and say, I don't, yeah, you know what, you're right. I, we don't have a lot of outsiders, it's more of a uh, precautionary thing. You, you get it, right? You know? Yeah. Thank you for being so so thorough and cautious. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we want to protect it. You know, people, you know, there are those anti-galactic government nut jobs out there, you know? Oh, right. You, you've got to be careful. Yeah, you have to be careful. <laughs> you know, we have information in here that they'd probably love to get their hands on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... To put it on record, <laughs> nat one. Yeah. <laughs> I have rolled more nat ones in this campaign than any other before. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'll wait till everyone else gets their passes and files in, and then I'll just stop and look at the professor and just see if they recognize me. Interesting. Okay. Also, who are they? What do they look like? Um, so the professor that was at your stall, um, was, uh, as I said before, your first year, uh, design and philosophy, like philosophy of design professor, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, the other ones were more like higher end professors and some of them were not in your direct field. Um, but you recognize of the six, you directly recognize and remember two. One was that first-year professor. One was a fourth-year professor that was specifically in charge of um, robotic mechanics. Like, the very fine-tuned going into, like, you know how to make a robot's arm move, but how do we make it do this exact thing every time without messing up? Um, I guess I also just meant, like, what is this person's name? And oh, oh, like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their species that be... and like what they look like. And uh, stuff. The first year professor, most of them are human. Five out of the six are human. Um, the first year professor, you remember that their name is. Uh, give me a second to find it in the doc. Okay. The first year professor's name is Wayne Albright. Wayne. And the Wayne W A or W A Y N E and then Albright A L B all the you know Albright. Uh, the fourth year professor is the only one that's not human. They are a snake person. 
Um, and their name is scrolling, 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 scrolling. Do you like these sound effects I'm doing? Steven. No, Universe. I already have a in this campaign. Yeah. It'd be dumb to. That read. was good though. You have to admit <laughs> that was a good, good joke. It was a good funny was joke. Was it? Was it the name I texted you? Because I remember that. It was for one of the members. It yeah, was. was it Zill and Zam? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, yes, it was that professor, and you recognize him. Um, however, do they recognize you, and can you spot that? Um, give me a uh insight check. Cool. Sixteen. Um, you clock instantly that Wayne Albright recognizes you. Okay. Um the fourth year professor, you cannot tell if they recognize you or not. Okay. Um, I think let's see. Yeah, I think I'll kind of go up to Wayne after they all, you know, file into the museum and um just kind of go up to him and wave. I pre- present my ass that says I'm a star. I'm a star program alumni. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Belinda. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna make another check. Uh, you can. I'll give you an option. You can let that sixteen insight stand. Oh, or you can re-roll if you want to. I like to live on the wild side. I'll re-roll it. Ah! It was a 15. I can use... Wait, do I have oh, another that, result? That's fine. You've got it. You're <laughs> fine. Um, you recognize as you kind of wave at Wayne Albright, he shoots you a look. You can tell he is not happy to see you. Oh. Hmm. Um. Was this was Wayne a professor I could generally, like, trust and count on during my time at Star? And if not, who kind of was that? Um. The. Uh. I mean, of the professors that you could kind of trust and rely on, Wayne was always kind of like back and forth. You couldn't because he was only a first year professor, so he taught everybody. So you could never quite get a read on him as if you could trust him or not. Um, one that you could trust is the... Uh, can you repeat the name for me again? It's... Zillin Zam. Zillin Zam. You know that you could at least minorly trust Zillin Zam. Okay. Um, so I think once I get my pass um i want to circle kind of circle around and um talk to or like talk to Dylan Zam trying like you know um see if i can request like a a guided tour from Dylan Zam but try and make it clear in the you know the message I type out to I type out to Zillin that I would um 
you know, that I would basically what I'm requesting is some like private access between him and my group, like a get him alone with me and my group. Oh, I think we're alone. Um, as you broadcast that message to Zillin, um, he, uh, they, you see them kind of like reading the message and their head cocks to the side and you just hear he leans close to you and kind of speaks in a hushed tone and says uh, Mr. Finn, you must know that I can do this however it is uh, not my break time yet if you wait in the planetarium for about 15 minutes, I can be inside. Alright. Um, Blue nods and then goes to catch up with the rest of the group and then um, looks at Rose and points toward the planetarium. Rose's face lights up in the same moment as she immediately turns and kind of fast walk runs to the she just moves at great speed as you close your eyes and begin meditating you feel that same feeling once again your essence your spirit being launched out of your body and sent across the universe this time, you are sent in a completely different direction. You see the stars whirring past you bit by bit before you feel as you are hit into a brick wall and land. You are on a flat, grassy plain surrounded by mountains. There are gray mountains all surrounding you in a perfect circle with snow on the peaks of each one of them. And in front of you sits a figure you know. Toltheim sits in front of you. Why us? Why you? Yeah, why us? Why our group? What makes us different? What makes us special? Why are we the ones you touched? I cannot answer that at this time. Then what is this? Why can I do this? I've never done this before in my life. And then I've started doing it in my sleep. And now I can do it on purpose. What? Because it wasn't time. Jin. When you're young. When a young human is born. Can it walk? Or does it have to crawl first? Then what am I doing? Am I crawling? Am I walking? Am I running? What is this? Jin, you're not only running, you're pretty damn close to flying. How do I control it? Control what? This, this flying, this projection, whatever, whatever I'm doing, how do I control it? <laughs> Jin, the answer you seek is on Anora. 
I cannot give it to you. I'm the god of continuation. I have to make sure things happen as they're supposed to happen. Now. Jin. I cannot answer what you're supposed to do, why you're supposed to do it. I cannot give you any information as to what the future holds for you. Because you have to find it yourself. Your friends have to help you find it. Which one of them's closest to it? He sits back, and he's sitting in this cross-legged stance with his arms folded over, and he looks and says, None of you are closer than the other. Defeated by his cryptic response, she just matches his sitting position and stares at him. Jin, you have much anger inside of you. Yeah, no kidding. It may be good to release that. Got a few ideas of where I might. Fair. Jin, I believe in you. Don't you have to say that? You're the god of making things keep happening. I'm the god of making things keep happening. That does not eliminate free will. I'm lost. We're all lost. We're just adrift. In a universe that's trying to kill us. So, Tolfheim, forgive me if I'm a little bit tired of cryptic answers. And unhelpful responses. I came here asking what this is in the first place, and I got nothing. And I asked where to go, and I got nothing. I'm about to stop asking. I'm sorry that my answers are cryptic. I truly do apologize for that. I'm about to give you help. And it may seem cryptic, it may seem that way, but I promise you, think harder than you have been, and the answer is there. Understood? No. But whatever. I'll thank you when I get it. If you attack one thing the same way over and over, and it doesn't work. You need to switch your paradigm. Now that's the kind of hint I like. Jin, goodbye. Goodbye, Tolfheim. Thank you. He lifts his right hand from that crossed position, and you feel yours moving, involuntarily moving with his, and then he pushes you. And you find yourself back in your body, and as soon as you feel yourself back in your body, you feel something you didn't feel before, Jin. The water around you is moving, swirling, 
and you find yourself moving with it. I think the rest of you, as you enter, blue this blue and I think Rose is instantly blown away by the planetarium of course it is impeccably done uh Kestro you notice that they actually have it's if you know where to look you see it they have the scales of the universe they uh that constellation is present you see um the bright things and uh on points of interest you see plaques all over the room of giving more information about it so you see there's a plaque over earth there's a plaque over uh anora and how it was formed and um a brief bit about it um you see a lot there's so much information to absorb in the planetarium alone one of the points of interest is star academy um, and you see it pretty plainly in the planetarium's design. You see, uh, it is, I mean, small, of course. It's about the size of, like, you know, there's, like, big boy marbles, you know? It's, mm -hmm. it's like, about the size of that in comparison to, like, everything else being, like, marble marbles. Rose is basically squealing while just looking at everything, taking it all in and getting out her communicator to sort of open up an app and just kind of draw a shitty little star chart on her phone. Yeah. Like, I think for Rose, this is almost like going to, like, church, basically. <laughs> it's um, like Disneyland and church. Is there anything anyone would look for? I think Kestra would look for the monastery just to see. Um, you look in the area that it would be, and you see a planet, but you don't see the monastery. Okay. Um, Rose would be looking to see if any of the planets that she's noticed, or stars that she's noticed in the past, around when she was looking at the Academy, uh, have changed at all. Interesting. Uh, make a perception check for me. Oh, give me one second. Where's my perception? It is there. I apparently rolled a 26. Holy crap. These rolls, guys. What the heck? <laughs> Look, that's only a 17. I just have plus 9. Oh my gosh. <laughs> As you look around, you do notice something. Yes, there are no more stars or planets missing than you knew about. However, the planet that was destroyed by Cassius and Crash and Burn with that bomb is gone. It is not represented. The stars that you noticed were going out during your time at Star Academy are gone. Hmm. Which gives you a feeling... Somehow this is updated. Yeah. So at least we know the professors haven't destroyed the school. True. Because I remember they were maybe going to do that. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 
there's nothing really of interest to Blue, and they're just gonna wait for Zillin to come meet them. Perfect. Um, does anyone else have anything they want to look for in the planetarium? You guys will have another, like, other opportunities, but, you know, if there were questions. Rose is gonna think about if there's anything she would remember that she should be looking for, but that probably won't get her anywhere. Right now, she's too engrossed in everything. Castro's gonna make an inside check on the DM to see if there's something he should remember. Inside check that I'm I'm the as funny as that is. I got a natural twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That means it's a twenty nine. Um, I mean, no, I was just curious if you guys wanted to look for anything. That's just legit like okay. there's a lot like going through going through paradigm like in the museum setting, there is a lot of information in every room. It's just a matter of, are you looking for it? I think the only thing Molly would do in this room is, like, try and find Gnome Home. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, that's where I'm from. I don't want to make you roll for that. That's too cute. (laughs) You find it, and it is a little bit smaller than the rest of the planets. Oh. And Molly's just so proud. <laughs> Can I see if I notice a planet-sized black mass moving through the model universe? Huh. Uh, roll a perception check? Okay. Or investigation, sorry. Investigation? Yeah. This is but more... my perception is so much higher. Yeah, but this is more <laughs> detailed looking. I'll use I'll use we wheel wheel to give a one d six to their roll. Can somebody help me and give me advantage? Yeah, plus three. I mean, technically, I could help too, right? Um, you if someone wanted to help explain how you are helping Kestro look for this, then yes, I will grant you the help action. So I notice that Kestro is looking for something, and I'm like, hey, what is it you're trying to find here? Because this just looks, this looks like something that I can understand to me. And there's like so much going on, but but I have understanding. So I'm like, what is it you're looking for? Well, if this map is, you know, up to date, which it seems like it's pretty pretty close to it at least, theoretically we could see the god killer since it's like planet sized. Oh. Right? Am I right? Yeah. And so what Rose does is scans scans the area which she would believe it would in like the quadrant and with like and sort of points it out to Kestro um, the area in which she thinks that they might want to look okay so Kestro you can use advantage and get plus three to both of those rolls because of the wheel that Rose used 
Oh my god. Okay. The higher was an 11. Is that with the plus 3? That's with the plus 3. Okay. So, as as you are looking around, um you, you I mean, you don't notice because like it it could be anywhere theoretically. Like if you're actually thinking about it like planet size in the galactic scale is not that big. So like I I think it's like that that's kind of the vibe we're working with. Um you feel a little light breath come down your neck, Castro. What? Huh? You are with Finn. Blue Bolin Finn. Correct? Y- y- yes. Yes. I, uh, it's time to gather your crew. Where's the women? Uh, you recognize this is the person that Blue talked to outside. Hey guys, it's the it's the snake guy. Snake man. Ah. Snake guy. Yeah, we we all go over and join up with 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 Zillin. Uh yes. Uh hello everyone. My name is uh, Zam. You can refer to me as such for your tour today. Is there anything you are more interested in than the others? I see you spent some time in the planetarium. Uh, Any questions over what was in here? Yeah, quick question. You have an interesting accent. What region are you from? I am from from the snake planet that is... uh, I mean, the name would mean nothing to you if I said it out loud. Hey, give it to a give it to us anyway. Are you talking about Snake Home? <laughs> if you refer to it as such, that would be fine. Its actual name is. I I speak parcel tongue, so. Oh my god. That is all the borderline racist, but so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're like kind of related, right? Not at all. Reptiles and birds, that aren't is, they, like, really close? Way wrong. Okay. At least in this universe, you are wrong. And Rose interrupts with, how often does this map update? When does it update? Like, oh, does, like, how does is... it, like, how does it happen? Like, she's like a billion questions that are basically the same question. That is all very interesting. Uh... Uh, to my knowledge, which is extensive in this category, the map is updated uh, routinely every 30 seconds. Do you have, like, any documentation of the change? Um, frankly, uh, yes. What, what is your name, good sir? Castro. Uh, yes, Castro. Please, uh, may I remind you, space does not change very much. It just moves slightly. So there is not much documenting of change. There are stars that have gone missing and planets that have gone missing. And I have some drawings from the days in which they, they did go missing. I don't know if that would 
be able to pin things down. I don't know if you'd be able to look for it, but it's very intriguing. And he gives you, like, I need you to make an insight check. Okay, I can do that. I roll 27. Uh, you see, as he says this next, he says something, and then I will tell you what he is trying to tell you, if that makes sense. Yeah. What he says out loud is, Ma'am? I have said that the stars in space does not change very often. There is not much to update. Is what he said. You understand the kind of like implication of it is. Please do not ask. There is enough information that Mm -hmm. if I spill what I know, I get killed. Why is it? Everyone getting killed at once. Beautiful. So! And she, she just nods. Um, Blue types out a message to Zam and just briefly asks what happened to everyone? Why are they all still here? And then a, a third message a little bit later than the others being like What's with Albright? Oh, yes. Well, uh, let's see. The, uh, uh, this gets into the next section of the tour. The, uh, his uh, brief history of Paradigm. Uh, what's happened after we closed? Um, the school closed down for a long time. There were debates about what to do, and we formed the museum. All of us former professors are now working the museum because uh, it was easier for us to stay here than to move. Uh, Everyone, I need you to... Whoa, where did Cassius Dupree come from? This this, uh, accent is likely Cassius inspired, but not Cassius. Um, It's a very common accent. Yeah. It's a very common accent. accent. It's it's a, a, a French Russian German. Um Furman. Um Furman. The highest perception is Rose. So uh like passive wise. Uh Rose, you see he is holding out a note. Do I see anything on the note? No, but it is folded. How is he holding? Is he holding it out? He's Just holding it out, kind of like you guys are like huddled around him as he gives you all information and asks questions, and he is kind of holding it out uh, for one of you to take. Well, Rose snitches and takes a look at what it says. The note reads thusly: All of us former professors are here. We are being told that the information we have due to the war is not safe for the public to know. The information presented in the museum is not true. If we tell anything other than what is listed in the museum, we don't know what will happen. Rose decides to relay this note message to everyone telepathically. We zoom out as this information is being relayed to everyone. The wings of it forming out as we zoom out and see Paradigm giving off this silvery glint and reflection. 
we zoom out further and we see something. We see the entirety of Anora yet again, and we see the stars behind in the background slowly start to dim. Thank you.